0: Hi, everybody, the Complex PTSD guy here. I'll start out by saying I'm not a doctor or a psychiatrist. I'm just a guy living with complex PTSD and I'm sharing my own ideas and my own experiences. Today I'm doing the final review for the movie I Tonya. I will say this review is going to at least hit the 20 minute mark. It took a little bit more longer than I thought it was going to take. I did manage to get it in this evening like I had hoped. Um, so I'll just go ahead and get started. So I, Tonya, is directed by Craig Gillespie and written by Steven Rogers. The main character, Tanya Harding, is played by Margot Robbie. I mentioned the other actors and Wards the show had won in the first review of this. So if you want to know those things, listen to the first review. So one th- thing I want to point out about this movie I didn't know before is that... Um, besides the actual legal cases and the news media that was all over this in 1994, uh, there's actually a lot of interviews that were really done, and a lot of this breaking of the fourth wall stuff that you see in this movie, uh, where they do the face-to-face, where they're looking directly at the camera interviews, those are based on real interviews, and some of those are on YouTube, and you can see them. So this movie has a lot of rich detail because of that, and because it is based on real people, much like American Sniper, where they had the book to work with they had emails from his wife they had actual encounters with the wife and chris kyle before his death so that made that movie american sniper very rich as all of this did for i tanya so i left off where diane her old coach had come up to tanya while she was a diner at a restaurant and Tanya's kind of uh she's in a place where she seems like she's giving up and diane inspires her to go to the 1994 winter olympics so I'll just get right back into this. We see Tanya and her coach, Diane, and Tanya's working really hard at practicing. She takes dance lessons to improve her position positions and works out like almost like she's getting ready for a triathlon. She's working really, really hard. She does a few competitions, but she's not getting the score she wants. Tanya then approaches a judge, one of the judges from the skating competitions, and the, she says you know, I know that you guys don't like me, or something to that effect. And she's like, but I'm skating better or just as good. And the judge says, we prefer if you had a wholesome American family image. He admits that her image isn't what they want, and she refuses to play along. That's what he says to her. She tells him she doesn't have a wholesome American. She says, I don't have a wholesome American family. And why can't it just be about the skating, she asks. So Tanya goes to see her mother. This is really the first scene we've seen between Tanya and her mother in quite some time. The mom goes into her usual routine of telling Tanya she's been ungrateful and that she made Tanya a champion. Her mom admits she didn't like her own mother, and Tanya calls her a monster. So her mother said to her, Oh, I didn't like my own mother, is what her mom, her mom said. And so then Tanya calls her a monster and leaves. Tanya then goes to her ex-husband Jeff and said, I don't think I can make it to the Olympics without you because, again, the judge wanted that wholesome American family image so she's trying to cozy back up to her ex-husband. Remember, she's doing this because of what the judge said. And so when she's back with Jeff, he starts abusing her again, or so it's implied in this movie. They then get into what they refer to as the incident. This is where Nancy Kerrigan... Is attacked in January of 1994, and they jump ahead a little bit here, and then they're going to backtrack. So I'm just kind of forewarning you. So they refer to this as the incident, and they uh, refer to the '94 attack on Nancy Kerrigan, which I originally thought prevented Nancy from physically taking part in the '94 Winter Olympics figure skating competition, but apparently she still skated. So if I had originally said that. Her attack caused her to not be in the Olympic competition. That was incorrect. That shows you how big of a deal this was back in the day. I remember watching this when I was 12 years old in 1994. And to my knowledge, as a kid, Nancy never took part in the Olympics because of the attack. That's all they showed on TV was the attack, the attack, the attack. I was 12. I didn't care about figure skating. So I always assumed Nancy never made it to the Olympics. And all you know, distracting all of this was, but she did take part in the Olympics, and I'll get to that later. So anyway, I wanted to correct that. I never knew that she actually took part in them. Again, they portray this assault on Nancy as a comedy, which I think would be really hard to do without offending the people who were on the receiving end of the actual assault, which would be Nancy Kerrigan and her family. Particularly Nancy was physically assaulted, Okay, now they're starting to jump around a little bit. I just wanted to kind of give a heads up. So if some of this next part sounds confusing, it's because it kind of is, at least for me. So bear with me here. Apparently several months before Nancy's attacked, Tanya received a death threat. I'm not sure who sent the death threat yet, but it gives Tanya's ex-husband, Jeff, the idea to come up with scaring Nancy Kerrigan into performing in the Nationals. He's like, hey, there's someone scaring Tanya. Maybe we could scare Nancy. That's where he comes up with this idea. Remember, this is before Nancy is attacked. Jeff is discussing this with his friend Sean. So as I said, they jump around a little here. John says he knows a guy who will charge $1,000 to scare Nancy in some way. But Sean tells Jeff to let him handle everything. We then see two men in a car who are referred to as Sean's guys. So far, Tanya knows nothing of this according to the movie. Sean's guys' names are Derek and Shane Stant. They, then they point out that the FBI found a piece of paper with Tanya's handwriting on it in a dumpster that had Nancy's, uh, Nancy Kerrigan's skating schedule on it, her training schedule, and where she would be. This leads the viewer to think Tanya was really invested in knowing where Nancy would be practicing at for some reason. Then it's pointed out that Jeff confessed to the FBI. Jeff has also told the FBI that Tanya was in on the planning of doing something to Nancy, which was mailing Nancy letters, like threatening letters, but never assaulting Nancy by hitting her in the leg with a metal baton. He said, all we wanted to do was scare her with these letters. Jeff points out that it was never supposed to be an assault, just threatening letters. They show Jeff giving Sean $1,000. And remember, Sean is the one working with the guys who eventually attacked Nancy. Jeff says that nothing happened. Um, Sean then says that his guys need more money. And Jeff says, no, why would I give more money? They haven't done anything. Nancy's still skating. Um, They then go to the 94 Detroit Nationals. On January 6th at the practice session, they then flash to Sean's two guys, Derek and Shane. This is where the movie gets back into pace and stops jumping around. Shane goes into the building where Nancy is practicing her skating. He sees her, and as she goes into the hallway, he pulls out a metal baton and he beats her in the leg with it. She screams, and he runs out of the building and gets in the car with Derek. This is what they referred to as the incident earlier. We then see Tanya calling Jeff and saying, "They broke her knee." Jeff is like, "What are you talking about?" And Tanya's like, "Turn on the television, Jeff. They broke Nancy Kerrigan's knee." And the attack on Nancy is now national news. Jeff goes to Sean's house and says, "What did you do? And what is all this?" Nancy wasn't supposed to be attacked. Sean says, "We had to. Uh, we had to. The letters weren't working. The threatening letters." Then Sean says. I had to be four steps ahead of everyone, and admits he made the death threats to Tanya a few months earlier. Jeff didn't know that Sean was one behind the death threats, and Sean was like, yeah, I did that. Basically, he's saying I did that to distract everyone and make it look like Tanya was also in danger. So to distract from the fact that any of them were connected to this attack on Nancy. We then see Tanya skating at the 1994 Nationals. This is one month before the Olympics. This is the same city where Nancy was just attacked, Detroit. The country doesn't yet know that her boyfriend and Sean had anything to do with Nancy's attack. Tanya does really well in her skating and earns herself a place on the U.S. Olympic team. They then go to the the actual attacker, Shane, and he's found by the cops and he's arrested. This has just been about 48 hours since Nancy Kerrigan was attacked and they show Tanya and Jeff. This is just after Tanya gets her spot in the Olympics, and the FBI show up to talk to both of them about the attack. The press finds out that the FBI is talking to them. The press shows up and asks Tanya if the FBI spoke to her, and she says they are doing a thorough investigation to try and find the man that did it, and that's why they are talking to them. Then we see clips of Sean, and stupidly, Sean is bragging about being in charge of the crew who attacked Nancy, it's boosting his ego to think that all of this is on the national news. It's made very clear to the audience that this guy is not the smartest guy in the world. Then we see the FBI show up to Sean's parents' house, which, by the way, is where Sean lives. And by the way, uh, these characters in this movie are supposed to be from the ages of 23, which is what Tanya is here, to about, I would say, 27, because I think Sh- Sean and Jeff are a little older than Tanya. They show Sean spazzing out as the FBI is at his house. And he says, it it was all Jeff. Jeff did it all. He orchestrated everything. We then see a news crew show up at Jeff's home, which is where Tanya is. Sean then calls Jeff and says to meet him later that evening. He says, meet me at the strike of midnight. And Jeff says, you know, you sound stupid, basically. We're just going to meet at the restaurant whenever, whatever time, you know. So they both head over there that evening to a restaurant Jeff can tell that Sean is setting him up. The FBI agents have a recording device on Sean, and Jeff can just sense it. His instinct kicks in. Jeff realizes what Sean is doing and makes it look like this was all totally Sean's doing, so Jeff is acting oblivious while being recorded. Jeff and Tanya go to her coach's house because her coach's husband is a lawyer. We then see... Excuse me. We then see Tanya and Jeff leave because Jeff is nervous and Tanya asks if Jeff orchestrated the actual attack and Jeff punches her in the face. We then see Tanya a few days later leaving and saying Jeff never really actually ever admitted to her that he did any of the attack, but she now believes Jeff actually planned the physical attack on Nancy Kerrigan. We now see Tanya giving her statement to the authorities and soon after Jeff shows up to the house in a fit of rage. Tanya locks herself in a bedroom and packs her bags. As Jeff says, he knows Tanya ratted him out to the Feds because they showed him Tanya's transcript, and sh- and she calls the Feds liars under her breath. We then see Jeff saying, "What was, what was I supposed to do?" Is what Jeff is saying. Tanya, what was I supposed to do? And then we see Tanya throw her her bags that she has packed. She tosses them out the bedroom window, and she says to Jeff. Jeff, I really think that you should just kill yourself. We then see evidence video of Sean saying he had nothing to do with the attack. He says all this really ridiculous stuff about how how important of a job he has and how well trained and educated he is, which is all a big lie. Um, later in the movie, you'll see that that's an actual statement that he made, uh, which made him look even more stupid. We see evidence that Sean is a compulsive liar. Tanya goes back to her apartment, and the media frenzy is all over her. Tanya is shown skating, and her following is huge. There's a lot of people who really support her, and a lot of this is due to the media coverage. Sean and Jeff are shown being taken to court, along with Shane Stant, the man who actually attacked Nancy Kerrigan. We then see how the court case goes, which I will just let you read about that for yourself, because I'm not on here to talk about legal stuff. We find out Jeff never talks to Sean ever again. Tanya, um, again played by Margot Robbie, is seen in another Breaking the Fourth Wall interview where she talks about how she thought fame would be fun and she would love it, and for a very short time in her life, she did. People loved her, and she loved it. She loved people. But then she was hated. And she says she became a punchline. She refers to feeling like she was abused all over again, just like in her upbringing, except now she's being abused by you. All of you. She refers to us, the public, as her attackers, too. There is talk that there is pressure that Tanya should withdraw from the Olympic team. The media is outside her apartment constantly, and someone keeps knocking over and over on her door. She tells them to go away and leave her alone. They keep knocking and knocking. She finally opens the door, and it's her mother. Her mom says she's on Tanya's side. Tanya's not seen her mom for quite some time. Her mom says, Tanya, I'm on your side. Her mom says, there's a lot of people who support Tanya. And she says, I'm so proud of you, Tanya. This is something her mom doesn't normally ever say. Her mom then says she's going now, so her mom heads for the door. And Tanya gives her a hug. And Tanya tells her, thanks, mom. Which is, this is a very rare scene that we're seeing in the movie here. Tanya and her mother having this, this moment, a happy moment. But, the gray clouds roll in, and we see her mom put her hand in her coat pocket, and she's moving something around in her pocket. And, she, the mother suddenly asks Tanya if Tanya knew about the attack. So, folks, this was all a big trick to butter Tanya up. How evil is that? Tanya then starts looking for the recording device. She realizes her mom is recording this conversation and trying to, you know, write her own daughter out if her daughter knew about this, but she didn't know about the attack. But basically, the you know, they put this recording device on the mom, and the mom actually goes in there and does this to her own daughter. Tanya finds the tape recorder, she, her instincts kick in and she realizes her mom's taping this. She finds the tape recorder and she's severely hurt that her mom did this and she kicks her mom out. We then see Tanya's truck being towed because a media guy supposedly did this to just get Tanya out of the house because they wanted to get a picture of her. One thing I think this movie could have done, this is my own personal critique here, They could have done without this next character. So there's this guy. Throughout this entire movie, I didn't even know who he was. They must have mentioned that he's a news reporter at the beginning of it. I had to actually Google who this guy is in this movie. They keep showing him. His name is Martin Maddox in the movie. I had to actually Google his name to find that out. His role in the movie is just confusing and it's unnecessary. I originally didn't catch, as I said, who he was supposed to be. They just show him constantly, every scene with him. He's shown sitting in front of a computer at a desk. We never see him engage with Jeff or Tanya or anybody. And throughout this whole movie, I've been trying to figure out who in the heck is this guy. He just comments on what is happening. And so he talks more about Tanya and the story. I'm not mentioning this guy anymore, even if they show him. He's not necessary, so I'm not mentioning him anymore. Back to the movie, the timeline shows that we are now three weeks before the Olympics. We see Tanya give a public statement stating she has no prior knowledge of the assault on Nancy Kerrigan. This is like a, a press press uh, statement. They then get into some more legal drama, and again, you can read that on your own. Tanya points out that the figure skating in the 1994 Winter Olympics was going to be a huge ratings explosion for CBS, because CBS is showing the Olympic Games because there was this talk of pushing Tanya out of the games, but she's like, they're not going to push me out when they have these huge ratings. We then see Nancy, Tanya, and other professional skaters heading to the Olympics. We then see Tanya having an issue with the laces on her skates, and it takes a really long time for her to get to the ice. The crowd is stomping and cheering for her, and she finally comes out. Her coach, Diane, gives her encouraging words, and Tanya begins her performance at the Olympics. She instantly has a bad jump and goes over to the judges crying, saying that her skate lace broke. And this is what really happened. So, this is, they're showing it on the news and everything. The judges allow her to go off of the ice and fix her lace. We then see Tanya explaining that she went out at the Olympics and skated and did the same exact stuff the other women did, and of course she did not get the score she deserved, just like always. She then explained she didn't need to win to be the big story, because she herself skating is the big story. She tells us she came in 8th place at the Olympics. Tanya points out that Nancy goes out and skates, and she wins a silver medal, 2nd place. Tanya then points out that as they were putting the silver medal around Nancy's face, she looked like she was had just stepped in poo. She's like, how do you have a silver medal around your neck and look like you stepped in poo? Basically, why aren't you smiling, is what she's was getting at with Nancy. We then see Tonya going to court, and there's more legal stuff. And again, you can look that up on your own. We then see she is taken out of figure skating association competitions for life. This is her passion, folks, and they are now banning her. From participating in these particular types of competitions. And Tanya says she'd rather do jail time than be banned from the competitions. It's all she knows. This shows how much uh, professional figure skating means to Tanya. she has been doing it her whole life. She even dropped out of high school for it. We then see Tanya alone at her apartment watching late night TV. Which of course is making fun of her. And the whole ordeal. And this of course upsets her. We go into more legal matters related to Jeff, and we soon see him say that he ruined her career. He admits to it. This is one of those breaking the fourth wall moments again. We see Tanya's mom mention that she does not see Tanya anymore, and that's okay. She leads a full life. She's just as horrible as she's always been, according to this movie. We then see Tanya years later doing some sort of paid boxing to earn money because she admits she has no education in skating with her life. The ending shows Tanya getting beat up in boxing, just like we've seen through this whole entire movie, and now it's her way of earning money, which is very sad. And she says her haters always say, Tanya, just tell the truth. And she says there's no such thing as truth. She says everyone has their own idea of what the truth is, and that life just does whatever it wants to, and that's the story of her life. We are shown a past image of when Tanya performed her big triple Axel in 1991 and what her life has become now in the boxing ring fighting for money. It's sort of saying, look how beautiful things could have been and how ugly they are now. I like the way this ended because it is very true to nature, which is not a good thing in this particular situation. But in my opinion, many people who grow up in toxic or abusive homes find themselves dating people who are similar to this because it's what they know and it's what they understand. Some are able to get away from these situations as adults, but too often they fall into this trap, and that is what is shown here with a young Tanya. Tanya came from abuse, and now she's abused for a paycheck. At least according to this movie, the screen then shows some facts about Jeff, Tanya's mother, and Tanya, and points out that Tanya also works jobs that aren't so much harsh as boxing. She does professional landscaping, she does deck building, and house painting. And by the way, Tanya wants everyone to know that she's a really good mother. They then show the actual Tanya Harding on video from the 90s, doing her famous triple axel, and a few videos of her mom, Sean and Tanya, and Jeff when they were together, being asked questions by the media. And that is the end of this final review for I, Tanya. My next podcast is going to be about my own life and what's been going on lately. I'll be talking about gratitude and some recent positive developments in my own life since I haven't done a podcast about that for a while. And then I'm going to do a review, not of a movie, but of one of my favorite characters ever from my all-time favorite television show. I'll be doing a review of the character of Safi. The teenage daughter um, of her narcissistic, emotionally abusive mother, Adina, on the hit 90s television show, Absolutely Fabulous. By the way, this show did more seasons in the 2000s as well. I don't know that a lot of people know that. Um, And then they did a movie, which I think it came out in 2016. But I'm going to be doing reviews of Safi... Um, the first episode will be Safi in the first season, the second review will be Safi in the second season, and so on and so on. Um, but yeah, so, and the reason I chose Safi is because I believe, much like Tonya Harding, she is a perfect candidate to be someone with complex PTSD. Um, but that is all for this evening. This is the Complex PTSD guy signing off.